We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into episode 71 of Married Millennials. A lot happened this weekend, and let's just talk about the good news first. Yeah, before we get into this weekend's fuckery. Yeah, we just because that's exactly what it was. Yeah, just pure just fuckery. Call a spade a spade. Call it exactly what it is, and you know we'll get to that later in the show. But at least we like to start our shows on positive notes, recapping yeah. the good things that happened this week. Yep. I I I can't even I can't even get through this show because I'm already so You're irritated about what you have thinking about, about what I'm going to have to speak about shortly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's all you can. That's all you can really yeah. say. But on the on the, on the flip side, though, the best news of the week was we actually had a chance to party with Beyonce and Jay Z. Yeah, no big deal. And I, I want to put an asterisk by that because you hear like, oh, you party with you were at the same table. No, you no, were no. chilling it with them. I was like, nah, we we didn't quite kick it with them. We were like what ten feet though? Uh, closer. Yeah, like we were standing very close, I'm trying a, to respect their space. I'm going to take the victory that Beyonce and I made eye contact, but yeah, it was the type right. of eye contact you know when you're in a place and you're looking for somebody, and then you look at someone, and you lock eyes with somebody. It's like I'm not looking at you. I had one of those moments, but I'm still <laughs> I'm still going <laughs> to take the victory. Yeah. I'm claiming the eye contact, but clearly she was looking all throughout me and didn't even recognize me. But at least we caught eyes, so I'm going right. to take that victory. What do you mean didn't even recognize? I see you like you'd met her before. She okay, didn't even excuse, recognize Okay, me. didn't recognize, didn't see me. My right. presence was was null and void right. in her view. But it, I mean, it was a, a pretty dope experience. Solange yeah. hosted a private dinner and party fundraiser for a local LA chef, and a friend of ours got us on the guest list. And you know, we walked in. I was like, okay, this is a cool little venue. It had just, a really cool vibe. Yeah, just yeah. just looking around. I was like, okay, there goes Solange. It was Solange. a Solange vibe. Like, it was. You know, like artsy, a little out there, but cool. Like, yeah. It was, a, I mean, a real good, a real good vibe. Yeah. It was just in the, in the place. And we're walking around. I'm looking. I was like, okay, go. There's Solange. Just walking around real casually. Okay, yep. cool. Easter Ray in the corner. I see you. What's like, up? Okay, yeah, this is normal. And we're sitting outside, <laughs> chilling, and Joy makes a comment saying, hey, you know, someone said Beyonce and Jay-Z so are here. So apparently when we went and sat down somewhere, Jay-Z and Beyonce were right there. And we did not see them. And so these people that I made friends with, because that's what I do, make friends with strangers. <laughs> um, they were like, oh, yeah, we thought you came and sat over here because you saw Jay-Z and Beyonce. We were like, where? Where were they? And they're like, oh, Jay-Z's still right there. And at this point, Justin had left to do something, was coming back. So I'm like, you know, gesturing, gesturing. I'm like, look, right there, right there. Doing too much. You know when people I'm are like, doing too much. So it was look. it was Joy and our friend Randy. And they're just giving these crazy gyrations. <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening? Like, I, I'm so confused. I walk over. I was like, you guys are doing too much. They said, way too much. And they're like, you walked right past Jay-Z. I said, Where? Yeah. Look, turn I was around. like, then you cared. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, hey, that was Jay-Z Here's in Jay-Z the building. Looking real normal. Super normal. I mean, Chilling. this is the thing. is like, they don't even ooze, like, wealth or, you know, like, you. I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I'm by Jay-Z and Beyonce. They were, that's the truth, is that they were a normal, like, they just felt like they were on date night. Like, they were just away from the kids for a night. They got to dress up a little bit. They were kicking it. Like They just felt like they were at a French party. We're having a good time. Right. We're chilling. But the thing I enjoyed... They were kicking it with security. Cor- <laughs> right. Correct. I mean, obviously, right. they have to. But the thing right. I enjoyed 
and, and what I appreciated the most about the event is, I mean, there were a bunch of strangers. It was a very mixed crowd of people. Right. Probably about, I'd say, anywhere from 500 to 800 people in the entire space. But when they were know. outside, it was probably about 100, 150 people. Yeah. The thing I appreciated most about the partygoers is they were very respectful of Jay-Z's privacy. They yeah. weren't trying to do too much. You didn't see people pulling out phones like, oh, let me get a picture. Let me get a selfie. And everyone was just like, okay, cool. Like, I see you. But I'm not going to be ridiculous. Yeah, like that. The vibe was very chill, very chill. And I, I mean, he was talking to Tyler the Creator like the whole night, which and, is and also like. Was, but it's super casual, super yeah. chill. But this is, but see, we saw Jay Z before Beyonce. So then yeah. we move over like, right by the door because I'm trying to he'll hear the DJ a little bit, but I'm trying to be out the way because I don't like big crowds of people. So we're standing by the door in a nice little cut, and I'm just sitting here talking to Joy and Randy. And I look up, and he literally six inches from my body. Here comes Beyonce walk, and I said, "Wow, <laughs> yep, this is a good night. This is a really good night. Yeah. Two moguls in the building chilling." I think what's interesting about celebrities in general is that they're often a lot shorter than you realize. And I, I had that. I mean, I knew Beyonce wasn't a super tall person, but I just think that when you're looking for people to stand out, right, you're looking for a tall person. At least in my mind, I'm looking for somebody that's gonna like maybe not tower over the crowd, but just, like, you will notice them. <laughs> and it's hard. Like, when somebody's short, they're short. Like, even if you're Beyonce, I missed her. I missed her twice. I didn't see her the first time. The fact that yeah. we clearly missed it. We were right by them. I, there's they said no they way. Were, they were telling us exactly where they were. They were right there. Really? Yes. But they were just, they were chilling. Like I said, they were, and they looked so normal. And, like, you know, you expect Beyonce's hair to be, like, a golden, like, I mean, it was, but it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't stand out like how you would think it would. They're just very normal people. They blended into the crowd. What you're trying to say is that they're just very normal. Yeah, you could have been very, at that party and people. not known that Jay-Z and Beyonce 100%, were there. Yeah. 100% yeah. could have did that, yeah, which, yeah. Was, which was pretty dope. So that was my my experience. I do have meeting B&J on my, my goals list. Yeah. But, but since I didn't actually speak to them, can't cross I can't yet. cross it off my list. But at least I was, I was in the same we're building. Close. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the same building. I, I didn't have the same experience as Issa. She went on Twitter and was like, yo, Beyonce said I was beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> she loved my art. Like, I, I wish I could have had that moment. I wish I could have created a video and then came and told you guys on this podcast, like, yo, this is the moment I had. But it didn't happen. So I just got to get my moments up. Yeah. I got to get, get my, my weight up. Like, Issa and then Beyonce I'm like yo you know I really like your podcast I love what you guys are talking about because once that happens <laughs> you better believe I'm going live I'm going live on IG saying guys I've made it you we know, have made it Justin's legitimately always said J&B Oprah and uh, Barack and Michelle. Barack and Michelle. Those are the three. Those are the, those are the three people. Yeah. And, I, and I'm telling you, I... J&B would be cool. I, Barack and Michelle, I wouldn't even be able to talk. I just would be like, could you just speak to me and, and share your wisdom but with what me you for guys, about six hours? Like, let me just sit here. But what you guys don't understand is that all three are going to happen. So I'm in, I'm in the same place with J&B. All I had to... There just had to be something where I was like, hey, and we could have started a conversation. So I was right there. So I'm, I'm close on that front. Barack and Michelle is going to happen. I've had too many visualizations and dreams seeing it happen. Oprah, I have, I have dreamt again many times about sitting on the couch on Super Soul Sunday and we're out here talking about real. Like this, this, I'm telling you, right. it's going, it is going to happen. And you guys can call me crazy. You can say, Justin, you're out of your mind. But I'm telling you right now, I will break bread with Jay-Z and Beyonce, Barack and Michelle, and Oprah. 
That is going to happen. And when it does happen, and all you guys listening, shaking your head, saying this guy is delusional, <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that if you don't believe in your dreams, shame on you. Because when these dreams actually come true, I'm just going to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not even going to do that. I'm not even going to do mm-hmm. Because I'm going to just be so damn happy that I'm not even going to have time to be petty or throw shade. I'm going to just be like, you know what, mama, we made it. And the party came on the heels of me completing my uncle duties, which was only three days, mm-hmm. but it felt like an eternity. You guys went hard for those three days, We though. went dumb hard. So yeah. I had worked all last weekend, and then I picked him up Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Then on Monday... You went to the pool. We went to the pool, and we're, was at the pool for literally like three plus hours. Mm-hmm. And then I had to do all the podcast stuff. Right. Had to make sure he was fed. The thing I realized about kids is that they just occupy your time. Even yeah. when... They're not occupying your time. Your time is occupied. Because yeah. I'm over here trying to edit, but I'm looking at him every five minutes, making sure he's good. Like, you need to go to, you need something to drink. You need something to eat. Right. Are you fine? Right. So it's like you're, you're constantly, your mind is constantly occupied. I was like, why did it take four hours to edit the show? Right. I don't understand. Well, I thought I, I realized you by watching you. Because I mean, I was just going back and forth. Yeah, to work. you were just I didn't moving. even get to hang out like that. But you can't, uh, you, I don't think we're actually busy. And you said it's a different kind of busy, but I was like, because uh, you just have no space in between. You're just constantly on. You, it's, you're constantly, you're constantly yeah, literally on. constantly yeah. occupied until they go to sleep. So I was like, I finally yeah. get what parents mean. It's like, man, once the baby sleeps, like, you can breathe. Yeah. And keep in mind, my nephew's 10 years old. So I mean, he's not a, right. he's not not a, like, a, a he's baby, a baby yeah. that needs all of your attention. He He's perfectly fine by himself, but I still felt this attention. And then Tuesday, he went to the work with me. We went to the summer camps. And then... We decided that to be the wise idea to go to Disneyland. Oh, and keep in mind, we woke up super early Tuesday morning to go watch Kawhi Leonard workout. So we were up at 4.50 in the morning on Tuesday to go watch this early morning workout with Kawhi Leonard. Then we were at the, in the gym all day. And then after that, went to Disneyland. So we didn't get back to what, about midnight or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about after midnight, and we had woke up at 4.50. And then I had to get up the next morning and do it all over again. My body was just done. D-O-N-E, done. I was like, damn, this was three days, and I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. But, hey, I guess that's, that's what happened. So to all the parents out there, like, I, I truly salute you. I, I, you're raising kids, and you're out here grinding on your, on, your, on your own, making your dreams happen, growing your business. Yeah. Respect. I see why people say, like, you know, do all that you can for, you know, your career or travel or whatever before you have kids. There's just a different level of being on. A whole another level that I was not privy to until this past weekend. Yeah, it's funny because I don't think I've ever really noticed it either. Like, I knew that that was a thing. And we've had your nephew before and we've had my goddaughter. But it's just, I think because we're older and a little bit more responsible now, too. So you want to make sure that you're being attentive. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But the times before that, you were more involved, and it was a, a two-headed approach. Right. But this time, you were yeah, at work because it was during a weekday. You weren't, yeah. yeah, you weren't around. Right. So I'm like, man, this is uh, this shit is kind of difficult by yourself. Yeah. I when I had my goddaughter though, I was on my own for most of the day, and then you were there at night, and then you worked again the next day. So I had her on my own too. Okay. Yeah, yeah a little bit. But it was different because, like, I wore her out at the pool. I did exactly what you did. You take them to the pool. That's that. That's key. You got to keep kids tired. And then she just wanted to watch, like, you know, she's a little younger, too, so it's diff- it's easier to keep her entertained. Like, we made pizza, and then she wanted to watch her Barbie show, and, like, I did her hair, and, like, you know, like, 
Yeah, it wasn't different doing that with my nephew. Yeah, yeah. It's, very different. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to watch Barbie and do hair. What? No, I'm, I'm good. Uh, so anyway, I I don't know. I just whew, one day that's gonna be us. It full, is full time. It is gonna be us. I'm excited though. I I am looking I am forward too. to fatherhood. I have like literally changed my tune. I, I'm like legit. I'm like, well, if something were to happen, there was genuinely a point in time, and you guys heard it on the show, where I was like, you know what? This isn't for me right now. <laughs> like, I'm not into the idea. Don't ask me about it. I was really defensive about it. Like, I just wasn't even really open because I was like, do not try to put my uterus in a position it's not trying to be in. But I do feel now that I'm not, I don't feel stressed about it. I feel more and more ready every day. And I don't, I'm like, is this my biological clock or am I as a person <laughs> actually okay? And I think I as a person am preparing. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Like, do I just look you in the face and say, let's start? Let's make a baby. <laughs> like, how does that conversation go yeah. like on the real? And is it before things get hot and heavy? Like, do you have to like sit down? Knowing us, we're going to sit down and talk about it, which is annoying. That's a little annoying. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to sit down and like, okay, well, this time then we lay down. We are going to try to have a baby. I think no. you have to bring it up and say, you know what, we are ready. I feel so like let's it's be better active. in the heat of the moment. Be like, let's just go for it. And no, then see, like, I, from that time on, you're trying. See, I, I, I disagree with that. I feel like that's how <laughs> irresponsible that's things how, happen. That's how, yeah, that's how you get knocked so, out. Let's just do this shit in the heat of the moment. <laughs> nah, I don't think a lot of good I things mean, have come I from I mean, but I feel that. like a lot of things happen. Like, you start to feel like, okay, I'm a little, I'm ready for this now. Or, you know, you like even little conversations like this, like you, you kind of gauge where the other person I is. Got, I got you. But I'm just not ready to be in the heat of the moment. Like, yeah, let's make a baby. Can we let's just put a little no, more yeah, strategic you think thought? About it. Yeah. Like, we're about to alter our lives forever. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just. A, yeah, I'm, I'm not making a life alteration in the I'm heat of the moment. I'm cool with I'm waiting. Cool. I'm cool with waiting at this point. I really am. I'm cool. Like, I can wait. But I, I'm, I would be okay. It's if, definitely much sooner than it is later. Yeah. And you guys will hear about this whole progress as it happens, ah! which is interesting, scary, exciting, strange. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Oh, we are with child. I honestly don't know what kind of parents we're going to be. <laughs> we're going to be good parents. I think we'll be good parents, but we're, I mean. I just hope it just brings peace into my life. We'll see, because, I mean, you didn't have any peace this week. I, You guys, I went, so I think everybody should have a secret stash, right? <laughs> like, every your, your secret stash of cash. So Justin and I have money combined, but we each have our secret stash, right? And that's for if you don't want something to come out the budget, it can't come out the budget, you got a little extra on the side that you can put put your your stash towards. So Justin was back to his grumpy self because he was tired and overwhelmed. We just had a long week. Yeah, we got we had a lot of work to do. That's really what it was. I think we just had a lot of work on both ends last week. So Justin was grumpy, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So I decided, all right, after he works, because he had to work again on Saturday, Sunday, I'm scheduling a facial and deep tissue massage. And because I knew it wasn't in the budget, <laughs> I took from my stash and paid for this. Because I can't deal with it. I simply cannot deal with I can't deal with the grumpiness. I'm like, he needs to relax. And he won't do it himself. Justin will run himself into a wall and then just stay at the wall <laughs> and try to figure it out from there. I'm like, remove yourself from the wall and walk into... 
somebody's office or like bathtub or something. Like you've got to, self-care is so important. I, I keep trying to tell people this, like you've got to take care of yourself. No one is going to do, I mean, nobody is going to do it for you. Granted, I took care of you this weekend, Correct. but <laughs> but I can't be responsible for that all the time because I got to take care of me. You going to take care of my emotional well-being at all times? Yes, I can. No, not at all times, no. but I can help in taking care of your You can well-being. help, yes, of course. I mean, I mean, we just talked about last week, you got to like caress me emotionally. Like, that kind of stuff, yes, but, like, deep-seated, you know, emotions, I can't... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm really not good at the self-care, and I do truly appreciate it. And thank you for scheduling that massage and facial because it was everything that I needed. I'm still relaxed from yesterday's massage. And it was one of those deep tissue massages. Because to me, I know massages, in, in theory, people think they're supposed to feel good. But a massage that feels good means it didn't work. Yeah. So we, we went It's supposed out. to feel good after. Yes, but yeah. my masseuse, I'm talking the strongest hands ever. She was massaging my neck. And I was like, yo, I feel like she could snap my neck right now with her index finger and thumb. I was like, uh, that's a lot of pressure. Thank mm-hmm. you. But got my shoulders. I mean, everything. I didn't realize I had that much tension in my body, specifically my legs. Like, I knew my shoulders and my back. I mean, those are always my, my sensitive areas. But when she was doing my calves, my quads, I was like, my gosh, I had all of this, this inflammation and pain in my body. So it was very good. And then I had my, my first facial, which was actually pretty interesting because I've had crazy breakouts on my face for since we changed our diet, mm-hmm. my face has broke out like it never has before. And I'm guilty of just popping all my pimples because I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. When I'm sitting there and I'm rubbing my face, and, I, and that's a bad habit. I just constantly rub my face when I'm stressed. And I feel all these bumps on it. I'm like, ooh, pop, 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 pop. So when, it, when you go get a facial, I didn't realize that they extract all your pimples. And she was just out there. I don't know what kind of tool, but pop, pop, pop came back my face was lit up on fire but then by the end of the night it cooled down and all my pimples were cleanly extracted so my face actually looks normal for the first time in about two months which I appreciate and enjoy and it's like now I got to find a way to do this every time so I told Joy because she's like you need to get your shit together because I can't deal with with your stress so I said I will add a wellness budget into our our monthly budget yeah we gotta yeah we we gotta gotta. I can't I mean I, I can't I can't deal with it. But the thing is, you can't deal with me when I get off the, no. off the rails. So it's like... But you have but the, the good thing that you have is you have the bathtub. And you do a really good job of, of going in there, lighting the candles. I think I took three baths. Yeah, run your week. baths and, and calm down. See, for me, I, I don't fit in our bathtub. Standard bathtubs, I don't fit in. So it's not comfortable for me to go run a bath. Because like, so then I start sweating. I can't fit, and I'm uncomfortable. Okay, but listen, it, it's just not. Baths a, aren't your thing, so no, maybe it's, it's meditation, maybe it's a walk, maybe it's like I need to close the room to this bedroom for ten minutes. Yeah, I need, nobody I need to, bother me. I need to like, identify that a much better. Yeah, I don't do a what, good job. Of that. Whatever that thing is, no one's gonna be mad at you for it. What sucks is when you're on a rampage because you're bad on the inside. That's something that's not a rampage. Yeah, you're is not that, on a rampage. Is that the that's word what it we're going to use? Like, that's what it feels like. No, you're not really on a rampage. You're just, you know what it is? Is that you're, you say things that aren't, it's not like what you're saying is mean. It's how you say it because you're festering on the inside. Yeah, it's just so, very direct and sharp. Right. So it feels like everything that you're saying is mean. <laughs> like, it's just mean. It's like, why? Why? Like, like could you. I'm just trying to think of like an example of something you would say. Like he'd say something like, 
could you not leave this right here? Instead of like, hey, babe, make sure you pick this up when you blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, whatever. Like, don't, you just, you don't speak to me nicely sometimes. It's yeah. not just me. It's everybody. It is everyone. No one is exempt from this. <laughs> I, I will say, you. like I always say, you are I am an equal opportunity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm happy you went. I'm next. I got next. <laughs> I, got, I got you. Yeah. I got you. We're, I'm, we'll, we'll get squared away. But I'm, yeah. I once, we're going to add the wellness to, to the dock. But I said we have to finish paying off Joy's computer before I change that because yeah. there's money going to paying that off right now. Right. And once that gets completed, which I think will be October, November, I'll add that line item and we can have a wellness budget to take care of ourselves. I mean, we're truly going to need this wellness budget because after stuff like this weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, I I can't. I mean, I don't – if I'm being honest, I don't want to talk about this. I just don't. And it's not out of, you know, not, not wanting to acknowledge that it's happened or anything like this. I'm not surprised. But I, I find it traumatizing, just like everything else. When I found out another black person was shot by police, uh, that our lives aren't valued. Like when you see Nazis marching in the streets, I, you know. With no hoods. For, for, yeah, right. Like proud, advocating for white supremacy, like trying to be like, we can't be erased. Like, Unite the right. Yeah, nobody is trying to erase you. I don't, what is this white fear? Like, what is it? White fragility. Yeah. That's what it's called. And that's yeah. what it is, is, is this fear that this oh-so-perfect bubble of ours that we've been living in is now somehow under threat because other people are gaining access to the things that they have. Right. And it, it, it's beyond me. It's beyond a reasonable comprehension that this protest was not only allowed, but it was then carried out from Friday night into Saturday, and then you had police officers who were there who weren't really doing anything to stop the violence. And what blows my mind, if you go back to Ferguson, like if, let's really think about, think about the imagery. Think about the imagery in Ferguson mm-hmm. when they were protesting the killing of Mike Brown. Right. And we had martial law declared. You had police and national and riot gear. They Ready did declare to, a state of emergency over it. Okay, declared a state of emergency and did what? Not nothing. a goddamn thing. Not so nothing. I don't want to get the hell out of here with that Everyone bullshit. Everyone was fine. So that, but again, think about the images that you saw in Ferguson. It looked like it was a battle war, a war right. ground yep. between citizens of this country and militarized police. Right. That is what you saw in Ferguson. And then you go and look at what you saw this weekend where you have Nazis... White nationalists marching with the Nazi flag, with the mm-hmm. Confederate flag, leading and saying Nazi chants. Right. And people are just standing here recklessly, you know, standing by, you know, doing nothing. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't understand. I, I, I just don't understand and- how we can sit here as a, as a country and be like, mm, no, uh, everything's fine. Nothing is fine. And I think that's what we live in a post racial society. Yeah, we've been saying this for a long time. And that, you know, part of me is glad, right? I'm not happy that it had to come to this, but part of me is glad that, like, hey, by the way, we haven't been bullshitting you this whole time. This is something that has been a threat. These people weren't just born yesterday, they've been here. They've been here. They've been spreading their hate, but it's been undercover, right? So now they've shown their ass. 
I also I don't really want to call it a protest. That was a hate rally. It was it was not a, a protest. A, yeah, they they they're called they called it a protest. Yeah, it was not a it, protest. It's a hate rally. It's a hate rally. Anytime the the former leader of the KKK is somewhere speaking out for something. I mean, and I quote David Duke, the former leader of the KKK. You know, his quote on camera was saying that we are carrying out the promises of Donald Trump. Yeah. So here you have the former leader of the KKK saying that he and his group of morons are out here carrying out the promises of Donald Trump and that they're going to take our our land back. I I just, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this saying, okay. And what was his response? Oh, there is... There's blame on many sides. Or this is the responsibility like, of many sides? On many sides, yeah. So basically, he was reading this entire statement, right? Clearly reading it with no feeling. None. Looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. And then you could tell he ad-libbed that on many sides because he looked at the camera. And, it, and he said, basically, the, the gist of it was, like, everyone needs to stop this. Um, but basically, it's not just the white nationalist's fault. It's everyone else's fault, too. Like, everyone needs to quit it. How? <laughs> how is any of this? Like, literally, white supremacists are our only issue. They're literally the only issue. Facts. No one else is an issue. Facts. No one else is an issue. Black Lives Matter isn't an issue. I, I you know, what the women's march, spreading hate. What, what? I mean, what are you, what are you upset about? Whose fault is this? It's white supremacist's fault. That's well, and, it. and you had several prominent leaders of the GOP come out and say, "No, this is not the fault of many sides. This is the fault of white nationalists. You need to call right. evil." By what it is, yeah. and that is exactly that. It's right. evil. And this goes back again to the conversation is that when you don't identify things by what they are, yeah. you have a problem. You can't correct or solve behavior when you don't identify it. Mm-hmm. And to those out there who are saying, well, President Obama never said radical Islamic terrorist or radical Islamic terrorism. Mm-hmm. And I want to just make a, a clear difference between the two is, is white nationalism and Nazis is not a, a, a race that's based in, in peace in respect, in honor. Islam, at the principle of its religion, is based in that. So when you go ahead and say radical Islamic terrorism, you are now associating an entire religion as terrorist. That is dangerous dangerous rhetoric. When you are saying white nationalists are evil, terroristic group, you are you you are only stating what the actual <laughs> fact is and what they are based out. They are based out of hate. Right. That is what they're based out of is yeah. is complete hate. Islam is not based out of hate. Right. So I just want to be very clear for the side chatter of people going around. Whoa, we never had a president who said no, 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 no. Let's be very clear uh, between the two. Yeah. You know, it's difficult because I feel like the legacy of whiteness, right? And and not just in our country, kind of everywhere, it's it's violence. So what do you do if you know you're a white person, you're not violent, you're trying to figure out like, hmm, where do I fit into this? I mean, what do you what does a white person do who's not you know, who wants to counter all of this? Like what would their steps be? How can they help? It goes back to you you have to have those conversations. It goes back to again where you need white allies to yeah. educate other members of the non-oppressed party. Right. If you are not in the LGBT community, you need straight allies right. to vouch that was the other for that I community. Was to think of when earlier. you have black people who are 
talking about the oppression that they're suffering at the hands of police, we need our non-minority right. counterparts to go to right. non-minority places and have these conversations with non-minorities. Right. And in this same instance is that minorities and black people and, and ever, whoever else is, is, is offended by what we saw this weekend cannot be the people who are out here explaining to everyone, like, hey, this is what's going on. It's like, you know, you well, need to have is, those conversations in your homes, exactly. at your schools, at your churches with people who believe this. Right. Like, that, that's the only way that change is truly going to come about. Exactly. We, we can't really affect the change. I mean, it is all not we the, can Again, do it's is not continue. the job of the oppressed. Yeah, we can't. If, if there was a way where we can... But the problem is we don't have equal footing. Like, we've been fighting for equal footing so that we can address these issues and we can fight on a level playing field. Or not even fight, but just, like, exist. That would be nice. But this really feels like a white people get your white people problem. Like, get your, your, your white people who aren't doing right, obviously. Obviously, because this is, you know, this is kind of, I, I think it's your responsibility. That's the truth. I know that that sucks. Nobody likes to have to be responsible for their bad relative, but it's like, you got to do something at this point. Nobody, we, we can't afford for anybody to sit around. It is not enough to talk about how you don't condone it. You think it's wildly inappropriate or you're enraged by it. Like that's not doing anything for me. I expect you to be those things. I expect that from you. But at this point, and really, I mean, years and years ago, you got to go get your people. You got to talk to them. You got to get them. You got to get them under control. I, I don't understand how how minorities are met with so much violence and and the attempt to get us under control when we're not when we're not even out of control is like you know the, you come at us with a level 10 not i won't say you as like a collective white people but i'm just saying that like when people want to control us as minorities level 10 strength when it comes to the alt right it's like a level 2 it's like, hmm, this isn't right. Well, we should probably send some some police officers out. Okay, um, state of emergency. A 20-year-old man plowed into a, cr- a crowd of counter-protesters, killed a 32-year-old woman, and just, I mean, nothing. He's fine. I feel like if that would have been a black person, they would have, like, shot him up or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... I just, this is like, I, I don't understand how there's still white privilege during a white hate celebration. Like, it, it's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, and the fact that, I mean, that's the level of hate that, that we are in in, in right. 2017 is we have a certified Klan rally without right. hoods. Without hoods. In Cer- the age of social media, right. like people's faces are online. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's <laughs> a, a, a certified public Klan rally mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, this is a good idea and we're going to do this and hmm, we'll just see what happens you know, with the violence happens. And this, this is allowed to, to take place in Virginia. And then we have this gentleman who plows his car into a group of counter-protesters. And again, there, there's, there's no leadership coming in and, and truly condoning these behaviors. Yes, right. people are, are, are upset about it and are speaking on it. But again, when you are the, the president of the United States, to have such a loosely worded statement when it comes to matters of, of this much hate and evil is unbelievable. And, and the thing that floors me even more than just the incidents this weekend is that people voted for this man. 
Somebody listening to this show voted for Donald Trump. You voted for this man. You did. And you knew the type of violence that he incited with his words. You knew based on the people that he has appointed on his staff who were aligned with these alt-right views and ideologies Mm -hmm. still voted for this man. Mm -hmm. Millions, tens, hundreds of millions of people voted for this guy. To say some bullshit like that on camera? Really? Really? What do you have to say for yourself? I really, I want to know. You voted for Trump. I want I want you to I want you to email me. They're probably still send, send me that's a, a send me a DM. I, I want it, I really want to hear from you, and I want you to rationally explain why that was a good idea. Then I want you to rationally explain his response in regards to this weekend. Yeah, hey, he was. Fox is trying. Per usual. Kind of dismissive. Well, very dismissive. Like, oh, this is a thing that's happening, but we don't condone it. Uh, Everyone just love each other at the end. Like, that's kind of where he was at. And I think it's interesting, too, the juxtaposition between, like, a a white man plowing into a crowd of counter-protesters, which, again, they are are counter-protesting a rally that is advocating for white supremacy, right? Like A Klan rally. uh, Yes, right. Without uh, hoods. Whereas, you know, in Europe, right, a car plows into a crowd. What's it called? A terrorist attack. It's a terrorist attack. But here, a white man can plow into a crowd of counter-protesters, which means that this not not that there weren't any. I'm sure everybody was in that. No, everyone who was against it was in that crowd. But you fight against white supremacy. And, no, oh, it's not quite terrorism. Oh, no, uh, this is fr- not domestic terrorism. For, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Straight up domestic terrorism. Yep. Straight up. Not it, called it. It, it. It's very interesting to how media and leaders use these words and pin them on certain groups of people based on the well, way they Well, and work. all these people are people of color. Like, you know, our, our Middle Eastern brothers and sisters are people of color. Like, I, I just, I'm tired of everyone being vilified when we're not even, we're not even the villains. We're not even the villains. I would be interested to see, too, because I, I, you always hear these stories, and I, I saw this. It was on, I think it was on Facebook or something. It was like a former CIA operative, and she was saying, she was in the Middle East for a time, and she said you would be very surprised at some of the reasoning. You know, we only have one side of the story over here, and I'm not saying, I don't, I'm, I don't condone, obviously, any terrorism anywhere, but the reason, their reasons over there for fighting against us over here sound like legit, right? Like we're, we're bullies basically. And I, I don't find that hard to believe. Again, I do not condone it. I don't think that it's okay on any level. And I, I, and I, and I'm not even saying that I'm attempting to understand it, but it makes, don't you question why people hate you so much? Like why, why are we, wouldn't you question that? Yeah. Or do you just assume, like, I feel like the lie in America is they tell you, like, we're just so great, and that's why everyone's hating on us. Like, you know, you're so popular. It's like a Mean Girls moment, and Regina George says to Katie Harris, she's like, no one even likes you. Like, that's how I feel like America is. No one even likes us. We're over here thinking we're, like, the hot shit, but the problem is we're, I mean, just a real racist country who thinks, like, white supremacy is just the bomb.com, and that's not, it's not it. Yeah, and and, and really, it's beyond... You're just the white supremacy. It really, it just boils down to white privilege. And and again, this, right. this 
this idea, this this thought that is like, oh my gosh, our experience, our our heritage is under some great threat. It, what what is the great threat? Right, and what legacy are you trying to uphold? Like, what is the end game here? That I think that's the other thing. Like, if I could actually, I don't know if I would want to sit down. I can't sit down with somebody who just hates me as a person. I don't really have. Yeah, I don't have that. I in don't me. think that'll be a. But yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a clear understanding of the actual reasoning. Like, what do they feel the actual threat is? Right, and what are they looking to accomplish? Like, do you want everyone who's not white to not be here anymore? Like, what what's the end game here? What's the end game? Yeah, I, I, that is a, a very good point. Like, I, what I don't. Do, what are we trying what to uphold? Yeah. What are you trying to uphold? Like, yeah, you're still white. Nobody's taking that from you. I can't make you unwhite. Like, you know, like that's not it. If if your family becomes mixed down the line. That's not because there are brown people here. It's because someone in your line loved another brown, a brown person, and that's okay. And and you know whatever. But like, we're not trying to take your whiteness away from you. Like I like just like you shouldn't try to take my blackness away from me. Like we need to let each other be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the end game is. I don't know what the purpose, the it, actual purpose is, other than they're mad because we exist. In their space, yeah, it's just. I mean, at which the, is our space? It's just flat out embarrassing. I mean, it's it's disgusting. It's despicable. It's an embarrassment for this country. It's an embarrassment for the free world. It's it's embarrassing on on every single front. And, and the fact that you know we have to look at this and and see this still in 2017 is is, is a joke. Am, am I surprised? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. And I think you could ask probably every person of color and they would tell you the same thing is that, you know, you're not surprised, but when you have someone who incites and, and gives power to these individuals who were in the dark, they now feel bold enough to come out in the light and just say and do whatever the hell they want. And you know, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, it really, it, it's, 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 it, that's, that's all you can it's say. Embarrassing. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. Hurtful. It's a joke. And, yeah. And it's fear-inducing. I mean, let's be honest, too. Like, I, I don't think... I mean, I've never felt completely secure. Like, I'm black, it's fine, no one cares, obviously. Like, that has never been my experience. But it is scary that it feels that we're wor- working backwards, right? That we might end up having to go through some of the stuff our parents went through, our, our parents' parents went through. Like, I don't... I was hoping that that wouldn't have to happen, but the, and they say you you we have history lessons so that we don't repeat it. But everyone seems to think history is history and will never happen again. But I don't understand how you could see things lining up. But like, the, hmm, this but, is exactly what happened with this. Let's go the other way. Instead, it was like this is what exa- exactly what happened with this. But if we do this this time, it'll probably be different. I don't know why, but maybe. Let's see. But here's the the issue is that we've tried to change history and erase history and say that mm, these things didn't happen. Right. That's so, so yes, we can sit here and, and say that we can learn we from history. Have it. But when you look through textbooks, when you look at what children and, and individuals are being taught in school and, and what's being discussed in classrooms is we're not giving American history. We're given a whitewashed view of right. American history. So from there, you know, let, let's start at the, the initial problem is you can't learn from history of a history that you're not telling. That's true because if, if you really think about it, 
when you're in school, you learn about Native Americans even, and it's like Thanksgiving, right? We shared this lovely meal together, yeah, and it's, it's we was a bunch of peaceful, shit. blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you kind of grace over slavery. And even the chapter about slavery, you don't really talk about the auctioning, nothing. It's like, and then Harriet Tubman came and saved everybody. Like, that's kind of like, that's how you learn about slavery, right? It's Harriet Tubman. It's very washed over. Yeah. Like, it's not even the gravity of what has really happened in this country. And the history of violence is just... It's like, yeah, this thing happened, but we're not really going to talk about is it. Black Wa- is Black Wall Street in, in, in history textbooks? No. Did you learn about Black Wall Street when you were in school? I learned about Black Wall Street through my own research, but you didn't hear about that in class. And again, this goes back to the point is you can't learn from something that you're never taught. And you can't learn and change behavior that is not properly identified. And that is what we have as a country, is we have an issue and a failure to identify things as such. And when you don't identify things as such, you can never approve upon it. It can never happen. I think the other thing that I'm wondering too is that, because this all started because they removed, up. did they remove the actual statue? It was talking about the removal of General Lee statue. Yeah. The Confederate general. Right. So it's like, I also want to know what they truly believe, like what values they think Confederacy stands for. Because when we see the Confederate flag, it just stands for hate, right? Like, hey, I think you should be enslaved, basically, is how I feel we fought about a, it. We fought a war about it. Right. So that's how I feel about the Confederate flag. But I want to know what they really think, because I, why are you fighting so hard for the Confederacy? Like, I, what is that? And how has this survived for so long? That's the other thing. I don't I don't understand how we have a Confederate general statue in 2017 that had to be taken down. How was that still there? The behavior is not corrected. Yeah, <laughs> what it comes like, down to is that, is that the behavior is, is not corrected. Yeah. And that's, again, ultimately the problem that we have on so many different levels. And Charlottesville highlighted that perfectly for us this weekend is we don't live in a post-racial society social tensions are high as hell not much has changed Uh, yes there has been and and i don't want to be naive in that in that statement is yes systems have changed there is more equal opportunity less has changed than what people for sure yeah Yeah, and and that's just the it's just it's it's just disgusting. That's the, the only way that I can button up this conversation is, is saying it's absolutely disgusting. I'm, in, I'm embarrassed by the entire thing. And some, you know, there's a lot of commentary that is, has come out about the events. But there was one in particular on Twitter, Julius Goat. He had a, it could be a she, I believe it's a, one of those accounts that you don't know who is speaking. But it's the, the Twitter handle was Julius Goat. And they put together a, probably about a 20-tweet statement based on this weekend and it was to me the best commentary that I had seen all weekend on the the Charlottesville tragedy and I'll link it in our uh, in our notes so you guys can review it but if you don't want to click that just go look on Twitter Julius Goat and you'll see the the thread and again you know you what you do is 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 you hope that this continues to, to spark conversation and it's a shame that we still have to say this every time Something has to happen. We got to come every on on, on a Monday morning yeah, and, and like, talk about nobody this stuff. likes it. But but again, you just hope that it sparks conversations, and you ha- and you hope that people who have legitimate power, who understand and see like okay, this shit is just wrong on every level, and they feel like it's about time they need to do something. Right, and I also want to say is that everyone does have some power, and if you have 
an opportunity to do good or do right by somebody or to help somebody. No matter what it is, take it. Take every single opportunity you can to help other people and to do right by people because it it does make a difference even if you feel like oh it's on such a small scale and I don't care what that thing is even if it's like helping an elderly person cross the street I think we are so removed uh, as civilians right from thinking that anything is our responsibility very true and the truth is that everything is it is your responsibility to be a good person and to be uh, an involved member in society so just I don't know do some good this week no matter what, this is good. And for the every week, for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and you know, when the big problems arise or the big opportunities come, take those too. But take all the small opportunities to be a good person as well. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you guys so much again for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com. You'll see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.